Hey everyone, this is Cassie with A Happy Thinker, episode number 15. Hey my people, so I'm happy to be back to talk to you again today. My last podcast we talked about the grow mindset and owning your new life, owning your new reality of who you are. Now today I want to expand on this topic and dive even deeper and talk about the neuroscience behind claiming this new process. And the neuroscience behind how our brains really work. What can we do to make this this process of claiming something new for ourselves and dropping the old and, and not picking that up? How do we make that set in stone for our brains? Not just to make it some kind of um, resolution or some kind of goal, but instead something tangible. So I'm here to tell you a little bit about how your brain works. I've done extensive research and the reason why I've done extensive research is because my brain was all jacked up for a long time. I felt very confused, didn't know who I was, didn't know where I was going with my life, and mostly it was because I didn't understand my own behavior. I had no idea why I chose certain things in my life, and I realized it was because of these things I'm gonna teach you today and how our brains work. So if you're ready, I'm ready, and I wanna jump into this. This is... um all things you can learn from your own research and study. I just know from my personal experience that I've taken the time to read lots and lots and lots of articles and lots of um, studies and scientific um, topics. And you always want to make sure when you're doing research, you do take information from all things, but you discredit anything that isn't scientifically backed or, or backed with facts. And you also want to think about those facts as, okay, why are they facts? Are they statistical? And if they're statistical, what is the statistic based on? So that you know the information that you're getting is in fact as accurate as it can be. Note that everyone has room for error, even amazing scientists and even myself. So don't take any of this information like I'm a professional in the field of neuroscience because I'm not. But I am a professional in the field of habit change and behavior change. That is something that I've committed myself to for the past two years um, since I first learned about life and health coaching and when I first learned about the way the brain works. I started digging really deep even before I got my certification and even before I um, really started coaching. And the thing about coaching is is that people sometimes discredit coaching because there's not a lot of criteria required for people to become a coach. It's not as regula- regulative, regulatory, <laughs> regulated, there we go, not as regulated <laughs> as um, some fields of study. And I take that with a grain of salt because I've known coaches that are phenomenal coaches who have had very little experience in the actual field, but a lot of knowledge. And I've known lots of people with lots of knowledge and credentials that are horrible in the field. So make sure that when you're looking for a coach and when you're studying and taking this information in, make sure it aligns with you internally. Does this feel right? Does this seem right to me? And 
note that we're not always right, but our, our internal voice sometimes guides us in directions, and it's important to listen to that. So let's jump into this topic of the brain, how it works, and how we can use this and change it to be a more positive and effective tool for us in our daily life and not our enemy. <laughs> So what does this process of claiming that I talked about in the last podcast, this process of creating a true lasting change to let go of old and step right into what is new and what is true for us now, what does this process really look like? What is it entitled to change the brain? And the true answer is pretty simple. It's habit and behavior change. But the actual dynamics of habit and behavior change are not so simple. Before you start rolling your eyes and ignoring everything else I have to say today about behavior and habit change, let's talk about the science of it. It's called neuroforming, neurological firming or neural forming. The process in which The more the cells communicate with each other on a certain pathway, the stronger that pathway becomes and the faster and more automatic the behavior becomes. So in other words, this means the more you engage in an activity, your brain cells are communicating with each other about this new information. So let's say you do something for the first time. And that first time that you do it, your brain says, oh, this is new information and starts to create a pathway in your brain. It's almost like a little navigation pathway to communicate to your body the actions and behavior that are necessary for this activity. And as your brain is chiseling this out, it's based on your own experience. So this is a huge, huge um, find for scientists is this this spot right here in this moment of your brain chiseling out this neuron connection because it's based upon your individual experience so no two people have the exact same neuron connections so based on whatever thing you're trying or doing or experiencing your brain is creating new connections all the time and it's creating associations with other things you've experienced so let's say you had a positive upbringing your whole life let's say you engage with another family who has a, a negative stance on the way that they bring their children a negative way to go about it so your brain is going to automatically jump in and create the new neuro pathway to want to intervene and help them with a more positive outlook or a viewpoint that that's not the right way to do it because you already have neuron connections that it's associating with for your new actions and behaviors so That sounds like a lot to take in, but what it really means is our brains are malleable and trainable. And the same way they learn bad behaviors and behaviors that don't serve us through repetition is the same way they can learn good behaviors that do serve us, that are more us. So really, the true key to habit and behavior change is repetition, but not just repetition, but repetition with intention. And that is the biggest thing I have to talk about today is making our repetition 
that teaches our brains how to make that new connection breaks those old cycles and those old connections. It helps us drop the old stuff and move on to the new. So in order to do this, you have to create an environment that is the exact epitome of what you're trying to create for yourself, the new neuron pathway you are trying to make in your brain. So now that we've talked about how it works, let's talk about kind of the problems, (laughs) which is what everybody wants to talk about is the problems. Got 99 problems and the pathways in my brain are about all of them. Yeah, that's right. That's a right statement right there. So let's change that. So here's the problems that we're going to face, the obstacles. That's a better way to look at it when we're talking about problems is obstacles. The obstacles that we're facing is repetition behavior, creating new pathways to make them stronger until they're behaviors that become your new normal. That repetition takes 10,000 repetitions to master a skill and develop an associated neural pathway. 10,000 repetitions sounds like a lot, but let's make this a little more feasible in terms of this obstacle not being so ominous. It takes three to six months to perform a repetitious behavior or a repetitious habit 10,000 times. Depending on the person, three to six months for a behavior to become a habit. So if you want a new lifestyle, you don't continually engage in the behaviors that created your old one. Last week, I talked about trauma. Trauma is a tricky thing when it talks about creating new behaviors and new neuron connections because we are naturally wired to look at negative. If in a day you experience six positive things, four neutral things, and one negative thing, your mind will always, always, always choose that one negative thing first. Reason why this is is because our brains are designed to protect us. And when they see endangering things or things that are negative to avoid, they're going to focus on that to keep you focused on what you need to do to avoid that or get away from that or survive that. So your brain is built for survival. It's not really building built for a thriving type of life, but it is trainable. So the obstacles we face is that it takes a long time to create repetition and behaviors that last and will stick. The things to keep in mind when you want to create a behavior that sticks is that you have to engage all of your senses or as many as you possibly can to resonate with this new behavior. This can be easily talked about when talking about making healthier choices in your lifestyle, like diet or exercise. If you engage all of your senses around your new diet or exercise, it can really help you keep it as a routine. You want to imagine and visualize the new you. You want to think about the way it feels in your body to be this healthy, happy thinner or more energetic self, Um, thinking about the way negative food feels in the negative way and and food that is healthier for you feels after you eat it, the more energy you feel, focusing on things like that, focusing on associating good feelings with all of your senses to your goal is the key to making sure those goals are lasting and easy to take care of. 
So how do we talk about this in terms of trauma? Since this is another beast in and of itself, and trauma poses all of its its unique problems. Okay, here's how it works. So if you think about driving a car, when you were 15, 16 years old learning to drive a car, or whenever age you decided to learn, you were very intentional about every little move and every little thing you did and you had to pay a lot of attention and be very mindful in order to learn and be able to drive the car effectively without crashing. So you had to think about every little movement. Well, now if you think about jumping in a car after all that time, if you're at driving age and you've been driving for a while, it's like second nature. All the things come naturally to you and you probably drive pretty similar to the way you did when you were 15 or 16 years old. The reason why that is, is because your brain carved out a neural pathway like a little road within your mind that became second nature because the more you did it, the more it became normal to your brain. Your brain is very effective and efficient in order not to waste time what it learns it applies and if you practice it several different times over and over and over again it just becomes second nature and a part of you very similar to the way trauma happens your brain experiences something that you are hardly equipped to handle so every little movement is very intentional trying to find out how to navigate the pain and hurt of whatever is going on The trauma may have been quite shocking to you and quite intense. And so therefore you worked on the fly and didn't really take the time, even though you were intentionally trying to avoid the pain and conflict that you were in, you didn't really think about why you were choosing what you were choosing. You were just trying to avoid pain. So you carved out all of these initial responses and reactions to what you were doing. So let's say you were in an abusive relationship. Your method of being able to cope with the abusive relationship might have been being caving into that person all the time treating that person very well so that maybe that they would treat you well as well and maybe not ever trying to incite conflict and shying away from conflict at every moment possible because you didn't want the repercussions of what might happen So you might have treated those people like they were incredibly good people, even though their actions weren't incredibly great to you to avoid pain. By doing this, you carved out this neural pathway in your brain unintentionally to consistently always treat people a certain way to avoid conflict regardless of their behavior. So later on, when you're dealing with this, it's already a neural pathway carved out in your brain and you're having to deal with the emotional reaction of that. Additionally, engaging in something that was shocking or intense, therefore, you probably have several triggers that set off the same emotions and these same behaviors even when you don't even know why. This is associated with trauma being revisited by um, a traumatic memory. So the limbic system is the area in your brain that is associated with the emotional part of the brain, but it's also the part of the brain that deals and derives our primary 
primal response of fight, flight, or freeze. When someone experiences a trauma, this is the part of the brain that is the first to react instead of the frontal cortex, which is the part of the brain that handles reasoning. It can be activated not only by trauma, but also by stimuli that triggers traumatic memories. So if you see something, smell something, hear something, or a thought crosses your mind that you experienced while you were in trauma, it can automatically jumpstart you right into the trauma response you experienced before. What this means is in trauma or the response of trauma, our or our memories, one part of our brain, the part that acts in fear and emotional overwhelm, overrides the other part that keeps us from reasoning. So we don't really reason. Repeated traumas can reinforce these behaviors and these pathways in our brain. So how do we move from repeated toxic emotions that lead to toxic behaviors to claim what is really you is the biggest question. This is something that I strive myself to identify and make sure I can come to a logical, reasonable answer that is backed by true practiced science because I struggled with this for so long and anyone else in the world who is struggling with trauma and learning how to rewire their brains so that they can be positive, happy, healthy people that don't rely on toxic behaviors or choices because of something that happened to them. So the first thing that you need to know is to beat this response when we're talking about trauma is to beat the effects of the response so before you lose rationality and your brain overrides into that emotional version that's gonna fight flight or freeze and make probably a poor decision you have to beat that first initial cue that you're getting ready to experience a traumatic portion of you that was your old you not you now that you're just bringing up kind of old baggage and old memories. It's like having a shirt that you no longer wear with all these holes and it's disgusting with all these stains on it and you've thrown it in the trash. But you all of a sudden trigger a memory of you wearing that shirt when you were really happy or when you, for a moment when you felt good and you pull the shirt back out even though it's disgusting and it's not working for you and you try to put the shirt back on. Does not work. And you don't even want the shirt and you don't even want to put it back on. It's just that some sort of connection in your brain to a emotion of like a safety blanket makes you revert back to the shirt for a moment. So how do we beat this? The first thing is anxiety. The moment that you start to detect anxiety or you're noticing your behavior shifting. So whether this be a quick response or maybe you're falling into a bit of depression or feeling a little stuck or feeling a little down, these are good indicators that you are starting to fall back into a response that is from your negative self. And in order to rewire that, you have to change what you're going to do next. So you need to catch it first, being mindful of the cues that are your trigger of response of a trauma. So you have to learn your own unique trigger from yourself. 
And I don't mean stimulus around you. There's always going to be things around in the physical world that are going to trigger traumatic events. You can never ask the world to quit having those because nobody knows what it is that triggers you specifically. So asking people not to do use trigger words or do trigger things is probably not helpful to you because there's going to be something that triggers that. You can't. You cannot water down the entire world just because something triggers you personally. So what you need to do is figure out what that is for you. What are the thought patterns? What are the experiences, um, activities, behaviors, or habits that are not a positive but a negative and trigger you back into an old self? Those are the things you need to indicate for yourself and catch it early. Catch the anxiety early. Be very mindful of your behavior. Once you've done that, the second thing you need to do is swap the behavior for something new. By swapping this, you're literally creating a new neural pathway and you can't do it once. The more you practice a pathway, the stronger it gets and the more it connects. This also does something else. So neurons that fire together in your brain connect together. So the more that they fire, the stronger that they get. What I mean by that is whatever areas are activated in your brain, when they're activated together simultaneously, they will become a connection and your brain will make that, that rational connection between the two of them, even if it's not rational. So for instance, let's say you experience a trauma or a traumatic memory. And then you go out and do something just for you that is very pleasurable for you, like painting, riding a bike, walking walking in nature, something that you enjoy when you're feeling the experience, the memory, the emotion of trauma, and you focus solely on the enjoyment of whatever's going on. What will happen is the two connections of the two connections that are firing in your brain which is gratitude and enjoyment of what is now and the thought of trauma that was are connecting at the same time so this neuron will connect and your brain if that was practiced consistently over and over and over by repetition then your brain will connect that when you experience traumatic emotions you just need to take a moment and enjoy what is now and it's going to be okay it will literally make those connections. So that's the number two thing you have to do is swap out a behavior or a habit that is not benefiting you for one that is and practice it. Repeat, repeat, rinse and repeat. <laughs> and you want to connect your emotional and and all of your senses to it. So really connect to your sense of smell, your sense of taste, your sense of feeling, your sense of touch, your sense of that inner sense of whatever spirituality you connect to. Really connect to this as you're engaging in a behavior that you're swapping for the trauma response that you would normally experience. So this can be as easy as calling a friend, going for a walk, doodling on a piece of paper at work when you feel anxiety whatever it is you need to do in that very moment do it every single time you have that exact emotion that exact thought that exact memory and your brain will make a connection of how to cope i promise you that now when you're doing this try really hard to catch it at the anxiety level because once you've gone past the anxiety level you're going to jump into not being able to rationalize anymore so even if you're engaging in the behavior 
that is now positive, you're going to revert back to the emotion. And that's something you want to try to avoid. The second, sorry, the third thing you want to consider when trying to create neural pathways is create an enriching environment. Enriching environment is one where you're learning new things, you're growing as a person, you're learning about positive things. If you are someone who is literally reverting back to the same people that you hung out with during the time of all of whatever your trauma was happening, if you're constantly interacting with the same people, if you're constantly in the same environments, whether that be socially or otherwise, consider changing up your your life maybe and this sounds really drastic and sometimes people advise against drastic change and directly after trauma you probably shouldn't make any huge decisions like moving because moving in and of itself can be stressful but considering trying to move away from long stretches of time with those people unless they're genuinely beneficial people that help you think about other things. This can keep you out of these trauma responses. Instead of trying to avoid the emotion, instead try to swap it out for something more positive. Create an enriching environment can be one where you're learning new things. So things you've never tried before or things you've always wanted to do, throw yourself into them. Really get out there and meet new people, go and do new things. Of course, be COVID friendly and wear your mask and social distance. But by creating these new neural pathways in your brain that about thinking and focusing on something else, you give the opportunity to to create something new and drop that old pathway that your brain was creating. That's exactly what you're doing by literally the more you travel down these new paths, the more well beaten into your brain they become. And so if you want to get out there, learn something new, learn a new skill, a new hobby, pick up pick up painting, knitting, you know, paint up callig- pick up calligraphy or go back to school applying yourself to something new to benefit your life as well is a fantastic way to create new neural pathways change up your life is a really good way to lose the same mentalities you had before associate with people who are different than you're used to associating with this can help dramatically because you're probably not even aware of the way that people impact you by the people you hang out with because it's become so common to you that you don't even notice. If you start hanging out with people that think differently than you and people that have views that you kind of vibe with but are different than the things you've been exposed to can be a huge benefit to you. Make sure these are healthy people who are encouraging, supportive, and are safe people to be around. But make sure this is your life and your choices. Make it feel as much like you, the real you, as possible. And that's my last tip for you. Go back to the roots of who you are outside of anybody's opinion or what anybody thinks you should look like, act like, or be like. What is most feeling on your core? That is you. That's outside of your trauma or anything you've experienced in your life. And those are the things you should take the time to focus on to create new pathways in your brain and claim the new you that is really worth getting to know.
Okay, guys, thank you so much for listening today. You can go visit me at happythinkerlifecoach.com if you would like a coach or if you have any coaching needs or questions, please go ahead, shoot me a contact email. I would love to hear from you. And if you want to know more about this topic, about neuroplasticity, then please engage me on my website. Thank you so much for listening and I will talk to you real soon.